0: Hello and welcome to an emergency edition of Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News White House correspondent Jonathan Karl, and I'm ABC News political director Rick Klein. So, uh, Rick, this is I'm, I'm all frazzled. I'm. I mean, <laughs> we we just we just we had to rush back on the air because this is. A
1: classic emergency podcast it, it is one of those moments in in covering politics in, in covering the Trump presidency that you just had to hear to believe and in your case, you had to be there to believe John I I, I, heard, I heard a rumor that you had a big birthday recently and I'm not going to mention any numbers but I know that I know that you've been a reporter for a long time but have you ever? Have you ever been part of a scene quite like this? You're, you you go into a meeting to just talk about what's going on here at the White House. The president's about to get on the board for a big international trip.
0: And what happens? I mean, so, so we're, we're going to deconstruct this whole thing. The short answer is absolutely not. Uh, but but we're going to bring you behind the scenes in the West Wing of the White House on another extraordinary evening in the Trump White House. So uh, but look, look, can I just... Set the stage a little Please, bit before yeah. we go. The kind of, and we all know the headline. The president said he talked to Mueller, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to play some of that sound, but 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 beyond the headline. So, I was up in New York. You know, it, it was up. Did, did Good Morning America um, in, in the morning. At, we taped you know, the podcast there. Yeah, so we we right? we did. We did the podcast together from ABC Radio in New York. And then I ran out. You and I had a discussion about train versus plane to get back. We were both coming back. I jumped on a three o'clock uh, plane. Landed at uh, national at four fifteen looked at my uh, my email and I saw that there was going to be a background briefing on the subject of immigration with senior administration officials uh, at five o'clock. Could I make it so I ran right to the White House with my luggage <laughs> through the northwest gate and um, proceeded to uh, you know to wait for this briefing, which was a little bit delayed started at about five thirty We were brought back to the chief of staff's office you've you, you know the kind of geography sure. of the West Wing. I mean, it's, a, it's actually a pretty small uh, uh, area. And, you know, we're in the chief of staff's office, which is just down the hall from the um, from the Oval Office. And there's about 20 reporters, uh, one from each, you know, major news organization. And the and president's
1: and about to fly to Davos, right? Yes, so yes.
0: Going. The the uh, You know, everybody's preparing. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, reporters that were going on that trip couldn't be at this because they were already in transit uh, on the way to Davos. So... You know, we start talking about immigration. We're about like, I don't know, six, seven minutes into this kind of background discussion of where the president stands on the deal for dreamers when the door opens. And let me just let's just play that. Okay. You tell us. You tell us. It? How's it doing? You, by the way, it's doing
2: great. Yeah. He's doing great. Fake news yesterday or two days ago. I rarely put out. Okay, a tweet so so to just, just to, to
0: explain what's happening here, the the, the the he is the chief of staff,
1: right? Whose office this meeting
0: whose office this yeah. meeting was in, and his name is uh, is General John Kelly. Right. He was the former uh, DHS secretary. You know him, yeah. And and people so how's he you know how's how's he doing because there'd been there there were some. Crazy report that uh, Ivanka was leading a, a search to replace John Kelly. I mean, you know, there's a lot. There is there is a lot of BS news out there, <laughs> I mean, right, but sure. I'm not not here at ABC News, of right, course. Right. But uh, and 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 but um,
1: so maybe he's showing up just to you know give his yeah. Chief a little, but, hey, goodbye, but we're sitting there, it's like
0: wow. Well, so it comes, like we're all kind of you know a little a little startled to see him. And we figure, you know, we figure this is going to be a quick hello. So mm-hmm. the first few questions are you know, well, he says, you know, how's he doing, Kelly? And we said, well, how do you think he's doing? And and there's a couple, well, what are you going to do in Davos? You're about to take off. What are you going to say? And then people start asking. It, it, he stays. He's there and he's standing in the doorway uh, of the office. So he seems to be open to answering questions. So we start asking various reporters about what was the subject that we were there to be briefed on immigration. So one of the key questions is, what kind of a deal will there be to protect the DREAMers? What is the president willing to sign? Is he willing to go as far as to offer citizenship, citizenship for the DREAMers? The answer was interesting. Do
2: you think you're going to get a deal on immigration, Mr. I think so, yeah. I think so. We're going to get a wall. We're going to get great border security. In fact, I just wrote something out, and you might talk about it, Chief, if you want. Otherwise, we'll do it for tomorrow. But I just wrote something out while we're looking. We want great border security. Uh, we want to do a great job with DACA. I think it's our issue. I think it's a great, better issue for the Republicans than for the Democrats. Do you want but citizenship for? We're Cruz? going to uh, we're going to morph into it. It's going to happen what at is some that, point in the future. future. Over over a period over a period of ten to twelve years, somebody does a great job. They worked hard. It gives incentive to do a great job. But they worked hard. They've done terrifically. Whether they have a little company or whether they work or whether whatever they're doing, if they do a great job, I think it's a nice thing to have the incentive of after a period of years being able to become a citizen. The legal status or? We're we'll looking at ten or twelve. So
0: there you have it. Uh, now that that's already got Breitbart calling the president amnesty. Don. Uh, quite an interesting thing. I mean, I could see it being part of negotiations, but he kind of laid it all out on the table, he, even the timeline uh, that, that he was willing to, to go to. So I I was wondering, I mean, like the idea of something coming together in this short time frame seems to me to be a, a, a reach. I know, I know that we had both thought that it probably would be a deal sure. on, on on the Dreamers. I think that since the, the, the shutdown blow up, I think that's a little less certain little less now. Um, but, you know, the question I had is, as of March 5th, the dreamers begin to lose the protection they had under DACA, uh, and they and they start to begin to face the possibility of deportation. So, I was wondering what happens if there isn't a deal. So I asked the president. If there's no agreement by March 5th, are you going to protect them? Are you going to extend the deadline? Yeah, I, I might do that.
2: I might yeah. do that. I, I'm not guaranteeing it because I don't want to do. You know, I want to put a little bit of a. Right. But, but I, I certainly have the right migration. to do that if I want. Should these dreamers be on- chain migration? We're going to. Uh, Create a standard that's a good standard so that not everybody can, you know, not everybody that you ever met can come into the country. But you'll have uh, wives and husbands and you'll have sons and daughters.
0: But but, Rick, you notice oh. that this is like a, I mean, th- this is like a gaggle with the president. Right, right, right.
1: People are just kind of like throwing stuff out. Throwing stuff out. Stuff yeah. out. Yeah. It's informal. Two. Mean- Huge headlines out of this. Well, three, I'd say. First, and we're I, only
0: we're only we're in the
1: first like right. Two we haven't we, got, we haven't, first, even, we haven't the surface yet. First, I, I love that he just wrote something down. You know, that, like you picture him with his legal pad and like here are my ideas, uh, General Kelly. Go take them, and i will be off to Davos. Right? That's how they're going to do it. We, we know we're going to hear more from the administration. But first, you mentioned citizenship. Man, that's going over tough. Breitbart, the whole the, the Freedom Caucus. That is amnesty, according to them. And he just put it on the table as a possibility. And then to say that. Uh, by the way, if we get to the deadline that my administration set for not renewing DACA, I can extend it, which I have the power to do. His administration is suing in court to end DACA. He has set the deadline. And now he is saying, as these negotiations just start, really just start over these next couple of weeks before the next funding deadline, I may push it back. Wow, what! But issue. I don't want to say for sure because we're negotiating, right? And, you but, know, we don't want to negotiate out. In the, I mean, you know, maybe I will, maybe I, I won't. Know. That is that is really something. And now he's going to have to guard against his right wing, in addition to restarting the negotiations on the left. But but then
0: I also was as we're again continuing this discussion of immigration. Chuck Schumer has, of course, uh, said that now this offer that he says he made to the president before the shutdown that he would be willing to uh, fund, fully fund the wall, create some kind of a fund that would they would, they would would get to approaching that $20 billion the president says he needs. So um, I was just kind of uh, curious about whether or not the president, what, what, what does he think of Schumer taking this off the table now? Take a listen.
2: Schumer says the wall's off the table. What do, you, do you believe him? Uh, no, I don't. In fact, I just watched Joe Manchin said. Schumer does not mean that. He said it very specifically. How business. much are you going to invite Schumer back to the White House? <laughs> sure. Immigration. Yes,
1: I, I like him. I like him. What? Twenty twenty-five. up <laughs> 20, <25 laughs> with Schumer? So, what, I mean, what, are you, <laughs> what a moment of truth from the president. I said, Yeah, he, he and Chuck get along. They get each other. They're out of our New Yorkers. They speak the same language. You can understand how what the what the bond might be. And. I would posit that the president's right about this. The Chuck Schumer in taking it off the table doesn't actually mean it. He just means he doesn't want to be the starting point of negotiations. A little window into the art of the deal as far as the president's concerned, he sends this message back to Chuck Schumer. I know you're not serious when you say you're not gonna give us a wall. We, we'll talk about that. We but he
0: likes them and he's gonna have them back,
1: and it's all, you know, it's all good. I want I want this catered with like some, some wet New York pizza <laughs> and ice cream afterward. I just feel like this could this could all still happen, and that's the glimpse of the of the president that drives the right wing nuts to know he has this back channel to chuck schumer but he wants to cut that deal
0: so again this discussion and by now during the course of this we we had all been seated in kelly's office and for the first part while the president came it kind of remained that way but now everybody by now everybody has stood up and everybody has moved a little closer (laughs) to the door where the president is and this is the point where you see dan scavino uh at the white house has put out a an official white house photograph of of this meeting and you can see that's the photograph is taken that's basically at this point we're all kind of stood up all kind of approaching him uh by the door again continuing to ask questions that are entirely about what was to be the subject of the briefing that we were getting with senior administration officials about immigration and you know while we're talking about this there was an interesting exchange. This is a little bit of a longer one, but I wanted to play this one out because I think the, the, the end of it is particularly important, um, where he talks a little bit more about what he means about the wall and what he needs for the wall. Take a listen. How Please. much do you need for your wall, Mr. President? $20 billion?
2: Well, I'm going to build it way under budget, but we're putting down $25 billion for the wall.
1: But we will build it way million under. Million.
2: And, and by the way, just so you understand, okay. and, and you know this, Chief, because you've seen it for a long time, and everybody here, Well, you have a mountain, you don't build a wall, okay? And I've said that from the beginning. Now, I don't define it every time I make a speech, you know, when you have a mountain, you don't build a wall. When you have a river that is uncrossable, that you cannot cross, you don't build a wall, okay? So, and and when you have uh, certain areas that are rough, I'll, I'll be very nice when I say that, but certain areas that are rough, You don't build a wall. Mr. President, we're talking about probably 800 miles of wall. We're also talking about fixing, and we've already started that process. We have a lot of wall right now under construction with current funds where we're fixing. Because we have a lot of wall and a lot of fencing that's very good wall, see-through, that's under construction right now, under reconstruction right now. So I think uh, we're going to be very successful. But, no, Schumer, uh, well, I I can tell you this. If you don't have a wall, you don't have DACA.
1: If you don't have a wall... You don't have DACA. There's actually a lot to dissect in that clip. First, the, he, the subtext to me of him saying, look, I always said it wouldn't be a wall everywhere, and I was very clear all the time— Remember what that problem with Kelly was just a week ago. It's when Kelly goes on television, General Kelly, his chief of staff goes on television and says, well, when, when he said he wanted the wall, that wasn't he wasn't fully informed. That was campaign rhetoric. This, to me, him walking into chief of staff Kelly's office to, to hash this out with reporters, this, to me, was a not-so-subtle reminder that he's the boss. Not Kelly. He's the boss. Yeah, yeah, he's my guy. But I am the president of the United States, and I am the one negotiating this.
0: And I've explained to Kelly what the wall means, by the way. That's right. And you know this, General. You know this. He's laying it out. He knows what it's all about. But but there's an interesting dynamic here as we continue to talk about immigration with the president on one hand saying – You know, he's he wants to protect the dreamers. He's open for citizenship. He's going to bring Schumer down. I mean, all of this stuff. But then you have that kind of look without the wall. There's no DACA. So the dreamers are like it really. I mean, the, the fate of the dreamers really depends on whether or not the Democrats cave on the wall, which led to this question.
1: Should these dreamers be concerned uh, that they could be deported on March 5th if a deal is not reached by
2: them? Tell them not to be concerned, okay? Mr. President, tell them, tell them not to worry. Them. You, We're yeah, going to yeah. solve the problem. Well, 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 they they have have a it's up to the Democrats, but we should, they should not be concerned. So,
0: okay, I mean, do you take that to the bank? You're not to be concerned. We don't know. I mean, so anyway, this, Rick, at, at this point, as you can imagine, the president. I mean, the, the the basically the Air Force One's all fueled up, ready to go at Andrews. Marine One's ready to take him off the South Lawn. He's going to be headed out to Davos, and and he wasn't
1: supposed to be there in the first place. He just yeah, swam he by. It was, was, right. was just
0: at a low. So um, I, I have to tell you that I had I was standing just a few feet from the president during all of this, and I knew that I had a question that I wanted to ask, but I wanted to ask it at the point that he was starting to leave. Because I was worried that if I asked it earlier in the conversation, it would shut it down, and he would just leave, and we, we wouldn't get anything with him. So I knew that I absolutely was going to ask this question, but I wanted to pick my moment. Do you remember Columbo? Oh, do I remember Columbo? Yeah, because a
1: lot of these kids today Oh, do been, I remember Columbo? I know exactly what <laughs> – Yeah, just, just, just one, one more thing. Just one just more one, just go one more thing for you. <laughs> So this is known as the the Colombo tactic of of journalism, patented by by our own Jonathan Carl, White House correspondent. You got that one more thing. That one, one more question, right before I leave. Here it is.
0: Are you going to talk to Mueller?
2: I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. What, do you have a date yeah, a story, Just so a second. There's been the no problem? collusion whatsoever. There's no obstruction whatsoever, and I'm looking forward to it. So
0: can we can we play? I want to play the beginning of that just again, because I want you to notice again. He's he's starting to to say goodbye and walk out, and I just have this one more little question. And if you notice it, there's this little pause. And by the way, everybody else in the room and most of us are all kind of like you know, it's a pretty raucous little gaggle. We're all shouting out questions and stuff. But there's this there's this moment of silence where you can tell everybody's trying to figure out how's he going to answer that, and he. He's thinking, do I answer that or do I blow it off and keep walking out the door? So just, just, just play that first part again. Are you going to talk to
1: Mueller?
2: That's a, a long pause.
1: <laughs> you could hear the wheels turning, and he's thinking, you know what? I don't want to run away from that question. I, yeah. uh, I could, be, and and you know what? He does want to talk to Mueller he does, he does want to talk to Mueller
0: that's the I mean thing. we were talking about this yesterday right, it 's like yeah. there, there are two big debates going on over this there 's a debate between the president 's lawyer and the special counsel the president 's legal team and the and the special counsel. The legal team is saying, no, you know we don 't want to do a full blown interview maybe we 'll do some written q and a, but you know we 're not going to do a full blown interview, and there 's a back and a forth, and you know and then there's the debate between the
1: president and his own legal team. His own lawyers. What do
0: you mean? I want <laughs> it. I got straightened Mueller lawyers.
1: out. His own lawyers. So, yes, he wants to do it. And now you've opened the door back to another line of questioning, right? Yes. So now <laughs> yeah. he steps back into the, into the room a little bit here,
0: still at the doorway. And we have a whole series of questions about Mueller, including, including a big follow-up. What Are you going
2: to do this under oath?
1: You have, a session? Give know, no. do you have a date. I
2: don't th- know. No, I guess you're talking about two or three weeks. But I would love to do
1: it. Would you do it under oath? First, you
2: know, again, it's, I have to say, subject to my lawyers and all of that. But I would. Yeah, love would to you do, do it under oath,
1: under oath,
2: Mr. President? You mean like Hillary did it under? Who said that? Uh, I said that. Uh, oh. Would you do it under oath? Uh, oh, you said it. You did say. You say a lot. Did Hillary do it under oath?
1: I have no idea. I uh,
2: think know. you have an idea. Do, you think, you? Right?
1: You? do you, think think you think it'll be fair, yeah. fair? to you? Do you think it would be fair? Wait, wait, wait. Do
2: you not have an idea? Uh, you really not I, have an I idea? I really will give you an idea. Exactly. She didn't do it under oath. How about but Bill Clinton? Do it under oath. This is that? I would do it, and you know she didn't do it under oath. But She would do it under oath. If you didn't do it, if you didn't know about Hillary, then you are not. Mr. President, to reach a higher standard, you would do it under oath. it? to reach a higher standard, you would do it under oath. Oh, I would do it under oath. You would. Yeah, absolutely. No, I would do it.
1: Oh, I would do it under oath. Well, but I think it's important to explain who was asking that question. Yeah, so so, the, so you had a bunch of people asking questions, but the question,
0: would you do it under oath, came from our good friend, friend of the podcast, yeah. uh, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. And that's when he says, who asked that? Maggie was kind of in the back. And, oh, yeah, well, you ask a lot of questions, you know?
1: <laughs> so there's, and there's a long history. Maggie's covered Donald Trump probably longer than anyone in the White House press corps, going back to days in New York. And uh, and done
0: some great interviews
1: and, with him. She's and, an incredible reporter and, and, and a dogged reporter. And, yeah, ask her asking that question, and you can see the wheels again turning for President Trump. He wants to make that comparison to Hillary Clinton, as if that has anything to do with this, this legal scenario yeah. here. Uh, he, he needs to make that comparison and then set his own standard and say, yeah, he wants to be under oath.
0: Yeah, so— uh, one thing you may this may not surprise you, and we're only giving you kind of bits and pieces of this, but we're letting it play out a little bit more. But there were several points where the president wanted to be sure that we knew that there was no collusion. <laughs> you know, and it's a point he's he's just sure. brought this up before. Sure. We've
1: heard that w- those words, and
0: and he also uh, added another one, which is there's no obstruction either, because you know obstruction is the new collusion, right? So so uh, this was uh, an interesting exchange again towards the end of this part of the conversation on this question of obstruction, collusion, what's going on, you know, is there anything... Anyway, uh, let's take a listen.
1: Do you think Robert Mueller will be fair to you in this larger
2: investigation? We're going to find out. To you to find out? Are you concerned about it? Because here's what we'll say, and everybody says, no collusion. There's no collusion. What is now the they're saying, oh, well, did he fight back? Did well, he fight that back? Wait. What is obstruction. Poli- Sir, what is you poli-
1: fight poli- back. Done. Yeah. You fight
2: back. Oh, it's obstruction. So here's the thing. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> so, uh, so, Anyway,
1: go ahead. So, No, I, I hope so. He hopes he's fair. That This, to me, was a very revealing exchange. Maybe a, a little bit missed in, in the broader context because he made so many other headlines. But the idea that he is, uh, in his own mind, talking about fighting back as akin to obstruction, to me, opens a window into the whole campaign to discredit the FBI, to discredit Comey, Andrew McCabe, Bob Mueller. All of these things are wrapped together, to me. Which, and you add that to the broader media apparatus, the Fox News campaign to, to discredit the FBI, the text messages that have gone back and forth. Some of it may, there may be legitimate stories in all of this, but the way that it's being pushed by the president and his allies on Capitol Hill and in, and in right-wing media – that says a lot that he is now thinking. Well, you know, all I am doing is fighting back here. This is I am not I am not obstructing anything. I am just fighting back when I am getting hit unfairly. Fighting back, fighting back. The counterpuncher.
0: He, that's what he always told us. He never attacked. He's a counterpuncher. I mean, that is that is fascinating. So a lot of these things you could see the 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 emerging argument from him. I don't know if his legal team will make this argument, right? But you know, if if, if you look at the steps he took, that some will say steps to hinder the investigation. That would be. To the layman, maybe even to the to the legal expert, (laughs) Uh, something looks like obstruction, but it was very revealing. He sees this not as obstruction, but as fighting back, counterpunching. There is a deep state. There are people within the FBI who are out to get him. Certainly, there are people on those committees up on Capitol Hill. Witch hunt, witch hunt, yes, witch hunt. And he is fighting back. He is counterpunching. Comey. Counterpunched the dude. He was coming after him. Right. So counter is Bad that guy. obstruction? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't know. So I, I want to play one last clip before the president finally uh, finally says goodbye. Matter of fact, this this is really at at the end of the entire thing, and and it's kind of it's kind of shows you that that Trump has for all the talk of the way he has changed dramatically on various issues, or his, his, his views will change from, from one minute to the next. There are, some th- there are some things that he is perfectly consistent on. So listen
1: to this. So how do you define collusion? And Maggie asked this earlier during the briefing to Sarah, but how, how
2: do you You're define You're going to define it for me, OK? But I can tell you, there's no collusion. I couldn't have cared less about Russians having to do with my campaign. The fact is, you people won't say this, but I'll say it. I was a much better candidate than her. You always say she was a bad candidate. You never say I was a good candidate. I was one of the greatest candidates. Nobody else would have beaten the Clinton machine as crooked as it was. But I was a great candidate. Someday you're going to say that. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Mr. President.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's in his again the window into his mind. Right, this is still about justifying uh, what he views as people not giving him enough credit for having won the campaign. It's all part of that. It's all part of these conspiracies and these the deep state and the the, the and fake he was news. One of the greatest candidates of all time, right? And if he gets credit for that. A year plus can't you after just say, the election, can't you just
0: say? I mean, just one of the absolute greatest candidates.
1: I don't have a problem saying that at all. <laughs> yeah, sure. He won, I mean, he won. On. He won a race that no one thought he was going to win. But I, it, the way that it, I, I, I really believe that you know, we talk a lot about these the, the give and take. How how long was this? I mean, whole Teddy episode? Roosevelt was a really good candidate, and you know what? <laughs> He lost he in lost that's a loser right there yeah how, so how long was this whole thing what 11 minutes 12 minutes well, something it, like that or a I, little yeah I mean it, it, I think you you learn more about the president and his state of mind and policy positions and and standing in the White House than you do in weeks of other of other episodes this was a, an extraordinarily revealing time uh, that you got to be a, a witness and, and, and part of the give and take on you learned a lot about what's going on in the president's mind when he's dealing with all these complicated policy priorities he's dealing with all of these complicated legal and political challenges all swirling in his head and I think to come all around to look I was one of the best candidates and I'm not getting enough credit for what I did that's a lot what motivates him
0: I mean you know he's done he's done a lot of interviews Um, he's done a lot on Fox News actually I I don't know if you've noticed but um, you know he's done extended interviews he's done I think that he is at his most revealing when he is surrounded by reporters who are covering him. So let, let's let give a little kudos to the White House correspondents. Yeah, I mean, you hey. it's kind of like free flowing, you know, know every bit of, of of what he's up to, tracking everything and just rapid fire throwing questions at him. And, and it's I agree with you. I think it's it's probably, you know, one of the most revealing 11 or 12 minutes of of, of the Trump presidency. Just just hearing How he's thinking about this stuff, uh, getting a sense of, of, of how his mind is working on this, and his approach both to this huge issue of of where he's going to go on immigration and and to the Mueller investigation.
1: And he has has planted these kind of slow-release grenades all around town with this. He gets on the plane to Davos, but now Republicans have to square what he is saying about immigration and the Dreamers and citizenship and maybe delaying a DACA deadline with what he is saying in terms of negotiations. He's saying he wants Schumer back at the bargaining table. And maybe most critically, his now repeated public commitment to talk to Mueller under uh, under oath, submit to that kind of questioning, what do these lawyers say? <laughs> Ty Cobb is back out, you know, an hour or two later. Wait, wait a second. We're not, not so, we're talking, about, let's, we're still having those discussions. We're having these negotiations. We know there's now a private schism between what the president wants to do and his own lawyers are telling him to do when it comes to the Mueller investigation. And potentially a schism in terms
0: of uh, immigration. One thing he said as he was heading out was, you know, to the general, wouldn't it be good? Could you get a DACA deal by the time I get back? Can you get a deal by the time I get back? Wouldn't that be nice? I, I mean, uh, it may so be nice for him, know. but
1: he may not like it. Here's I don't know. Plans. I don't know.
0: I mean, who who's doing the negotiating here? So anyway, I I appreciate uh, our 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 listeners, and there are I think how many? I mean, there are millions out I mean, there as far as I know. As far as I know, um, yeah. for uh, for indulging us with this one last emergency podcast, but I thought it was important. Yeah. So I,
1: we learned we learned a lot in a short a short period of time and it is one of those moments. John, you're on the front lines of history.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so a uh, a special thanks to uh, Trevor Hastings for putting this thing together on on late notice filling in because you know we, we David Ryan I don't know where he is I, I, know. I, I, I hey, mean we'll. who the heck knows but uh but we're on we, we appreciate the help and we will be back next week we are scheduled to be back on Wednesday but I do not rule out the need for another emergency podcast thank you for listening to powerhouse politics